0: We're going to be talking about celebration, specifically God-honoring celebration. As I've titled this sermon, The Grand Finale of Worship. You see, the big idea for today's sermon, if you're taking notes, is this. The big idea for today is that God is the source of our joy. God is the source of our joy, and He wants us to express the joy that He imparts to us. We should be rejoicing in Him. We should be worshiping in Him Because of the joy that he gives us. Now I remind you though that joy is not the same thing as happiness. Because happiness can come and go depending on your circumstances and what you're going through. But joy, true joy that we find in the Lord we always have. Because we always have Jesus in our life. I have an illustration for you this morning to talk about worship. Because we should be expressing the joy in the way that we worship God. We should be worshiping him out of our love for him. So Pastor Tony Evans has a great explanation of worship I thought I'd share with you. He says this, Pastor Tony Evans says, Worship is a spark that is a result of people falling in love with their creator, their savior. Most folks have had the experience of dragging their foot against the carpet and then reaching out and touching someone only to see a spark. ...from the friction transferred through the body as they touch another person. Now, kids, I know some of you have done that on purpose. I know I did when I was a kid. You walk across the floor with your shoes off, your socks on... ...maybe put some wool socks on or something that can get that energy a little bit better. You're just trying to produce some spark within you... ...and then you reach out and touch. Normally, it's not your dad. It's your mom, isn't it? You try and shock your mom or you try and shock your brother or you try and shock your sister... Well, he goes on to say this: that's how worship is. You rub up against you rub up against God long enough, and something is going to shoot somewhere. Worship is a rubbing up against God and seeing the result of that connection produce a spark or shock. Being close to God produces a spiritual electric infusion of life and vitality. I saw that was a pretty good illustration about spark and God. And if you rub up close to Him, if If you're close enough to God, it produces a spiritual electric infusion of life and vitality. Now, if you know Christ as your Savior, if you truly have a relationship with God, then I hope you know what He's talking about there. I hope that kind of brought a smile to your face as you thought about that. Being close to God produces a spiritual electric infusion of life and vitality. I thought that was powerful. Are you close with God? Do you have that type of closeness with God that you fill a certain part of, a certain spark within you that's giving you life and vitality and it's spreading? That's the, the second part of that. Your life, that vitality that he talks about, it should be like that spark that's just waiting to reach out and touch somebody. You know, I've been, I've been looking up how to diagnose some problems on a boat motor lately and diagnose spark and and check to make sure my spark plugs are working right my my ignition coils my power packs and with that you want to make sure that that spark is jumping everywhere it needs to go are we jumping where we need to go because we should be jumping around you see this week we as americans are going to be celebrating the 4th of july so i thought what better day what better week to talk about god honoring celebration Independence Day is a federal holiday in the United States of America commemorating the Declaration of, in- of Independence of the United States on July 4, 1776. The Continental Congress declared that the 13 American colonies were no longer subject to the monarch of Britain and were now united, free, in independent states. I wanted to read that to you because I think in some ways... We are so far removed from 1776. I mean, think about how, far, how long ago it's been. I kept wanting to say 1976 when I wrote this out. So I had to make sure I read it. 1776. It's so far away. It's passed so far that I think sometimes we forget what we're actually celebrating on Independence Day. I think sometimes it's become more of a day about parties, drinking, games, getting together with your neighbors, your friends, your relatives, Or maybe it's just a day that you have off work and you look forward to just doing whatever you want. You forget that it's about celebrating the freedom that you have in America. This could easily be a sermon message about what a healthy, God-honoring lifestyle looks like, especially going into a week of the 4th of July where people are going to be celebrating in many different ways. How are you going to be celebrating this week? And is it honoring to God in the way that you're celebrating this would be a great week to talk about that, and maybe just mentioning it is going to make you think about how you're going to celebrate this week and make sure that's it's God-honoring. But today, we're going to be talking about, talking about worshiping God. More in a general sense, God-honoring celebration and the grand finale of worship. People worship this country in many different ways. You know, I saw a car sales advertisement this week. I think it was from Alabama Maybe some of you saw it going across social media too. Forgive me if I get it not completely correct, but I know one thing. They said to celebrate Independence Day, if you buy a new car this week, we're going to give you a gun, an American flag, and the... See, I think I got something wrong, but I know it was a gun for sure because we're Americans and we love our guns, right? Somebody want to help me? What was the second thing? A, A gun, a Bible... And a flag. I thought it was a, a gun and the flag in the Bible. I was just saying it backwards. That's us as Americans. We love our freedom, but sometimes we forget what we're freed from. So as we love our freedom, we're not, we're not celebrating our freedom to, from oppression and from the monarchy, monarchy. We're celebrating our freedom to drink, our freedom to have guns, our freedom to do whatever we please. And I tell you, the Bible... According to the Bible we should, we really don't have some of these freedoms that you think you have. You do have the free choice, but it doesn't mean you need to use that choice to go off and get drunk and party and do drugs or be promiscuous with people. We need to watch what we're doing and think, are we having God honoring celebration? I put up that grand finale of worship because I was thinking about how shall we worship? We're going to be looking at Psalm 150. I was thinking about the fireworks of Independence Day, of the 4th of July, and I love fireworks. My wife and I, ever since we moved here, were thinking, where is the best place to go see fireworks? And we're going to try and take the boat to a lake and actually watch from the lake, because we thought that would be really cool to see. But who doesn't love the grand finale of Fireworks? You're not even paying attention fully to all the fireworks because you're just waiting. Is this the grand finale? Is this the grand finale? Is it coming? Oh, it's been 10 minutes. It's coming soon. It's been 11 minutes. Kids, anytime, stop goofing off on the ground in the grass. Stop playing with the dandelions. Let's look up at the sky and wait for that grand finale. We wait with great anticipation for the grand finale, but... Maybe sometimes we need to look forward to that grand finale of worship as well. We need to, with great anticipation, be looking forward to worshiping God. And someday, someday soon, when Christ comes for us, we'll be worshiping God all together in the heavens. All of our voices will be united together. But with further anticipation, without further anticipation, let's read through Psalm 150 together. And if you're able to, we haven't done this for a while, let's stand as we read this. And I've got it up on the screen for you if you can read it. Or you're welcome to open your Bibles, use your cell phones, tablets, your Bible apps. Just stay off those social media and video games. Psalm 150 verse 1. We read this. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him. For his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. I guess I've got to keep up with it if we're going to read it together. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. I'm so excited that you read that together with me. But I do want to read through it a little bit more, because I want to read through it just a little bit differently. I want to read through it more powerfully, because we're being called to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Notice the exclamation mark. This is something we do with excitement, with energy. We praise God in his sanctuary. We praise him in his mighty heavens. Again, notice that exclamation mark. And we're going to go more into detail in these verses after I read it again. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. I think I could keep on adding praise him, praise him, praise him. Praise Him, praise Him with sounding cymbals, praise Him with loud clashing cymbals, and let everything that has breath, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Jessica in the office got annoyed with me this week, and she actually had to close her office door to me. That doesn't happen very often, but it's because I was on Spotify trying to listen to every version of, uh, of worship songs that go along, hymns and different songs which go along with this specific psalm, and almost all of them repeat everything that, everything that, some of you remember it, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Now my wife's embarrassed, Jessica's embarrassed, you guys are embarrassed, but I'm not embarrassed, because everything that has breath should be praising the Lord. We need to be praising the Lord. And let me tell you, I found some great versions of that song. I found some great versions of other versions of this, of this psalm. And I'm going to put one on, on our website or Facebook for you to see later, where it's actually done in Hebrew and with, with traditional instruments as well. And it's, it's great. But I didn't know if you could handle that together with my singing And I want to say, I think I can do better at singing, but that was me trying to talk, too. But let everything that has breath praise the Lord. But again, the big idea for this message today was, God is the source of our joy, and he wants us to express the joy that he imparts upon us. God is the source of our joy, and he wants us to express the joy that he imparts to us. So, do we truly give him that joy? Do we rejoice in Him as we should? Or are we too busy enjoying the joy that He gives us that we forget to thank Him for the joy that we have? Now maybe that's a little bit of a tongue twister, but maybe it does click with you. Thinking about the many blessings that you have, and we'll talk about that in a moment too. We celebrate these worldly holidays like Independence Day, then the 4th of July. We celebrate Labor Day and Memorial Day. And these are great things to celebrate and we should celebrate them. But how do we celebrate our God? How do you celebrate your God? In good times and bad because as I said, that joy never leaves us. You always have that joy of the Lord within you if you are a believer in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you have a a restored relationship with God. So I wrote down this quote. Let's be done with worship that is always weak and unexciting. If you cannot sing loudly and make loud music to praise the Lord God who has redeemed you in Jesus Christ and is preparing you for heaven, perhaps it is because you do not really know God or the gospel at all. If you know him, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Because I thought it too with that quote. Let's be done with worship that's always weak and unexciting. If you cannot sing loudly and make loud music to praise God, then you might not know Him at all. Well, it doesn't say you gotta make good music. Can you make loud music? Can you make a loud cry to God? I can. We need to be making loud music to God. Now, there is a difference. I think when we are all united together with God and His presence in heaven for all of eternity with our new, create, our new created bodies, our voices being united together would it be this glorious sound to the Lord. Now, right now, we're not in those perfect bodies. We're in sinful bodies. So some of our voices, I'm not pointing fingers, some of the some. Some of our voices do not necessarily sound all that glorious. I could pick up this guitar, and I could play G, C, D, E minor, a few, a few notes, but it wouldn't sound as glorious as, as how Brian does it. But someday, it will be united together. But no matter, no matter what voice you have, no matter how well you can, you can play an instrument, you should be playing for God. You should be playing for God. You should be worshiping him. And there's many different ways that we worship God. This Psalm 150 is like the grand finale of the Psalms. It's like the grand finale of worship songs. And it's a corporate praise psalm that functions as a conclusion, doxology, to the book of Psalms. I wrote this illustration down too i thought you'd enjoy it says it is impossible to worship god privately and not want to worship him corporately and maybe you think well i don't know i i like worshiping god alone and that's great i'm glad you do we all should like to worship god alone but we should also like to worship god together here's uh, the illustration it says it's one thing to sit at home and watch a football game by yourself it's another thing to watch the same game with a room full of people where everybody is shouting and getting excited together. The energy brought together by being with mutual friends is many times that of what, is, what it is when a person is alone at home watching the same game by themselves. While you can listen to a Packers game in your car and enter into the experience of the game behind the wheel, there's nothing like the feeling of being with a group of people who are worshiping simultaneously Together, anybody who's worshiping God privately will also desire to worship Him publicly. We should enjoy worshiping together. We should enjoy worshiping together. Now let's get to the specifics here. This psalm starts with worshiping the Lord. You see verse 1, praise the Lord, praise God, praise ye the Lord. God is the source of our joy, and He wants us to express the joy He imparts to us, to Him. So in this psalm, we're talking about the who to worship, the why to worship. We're talking about the how to worship. And again, we're going to talk about the who, but not who to worship, but who should be worshiping. We're talking about some different aspects with this psalm that we naturally just pull out of this. So who do we praise? Who do we worship? I think that's pretty obvious that we should be worshiping the Lord. Pray, Psalm 150, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Now, we just got done with an illustration about football, though, didn't we? It's so easy to pick on football. But it's true. We do worship our sports in America. Just as we worship these holidays, like the 4th of July and Independence Day, because we like what they give us a day off work, a day to party, a day to hang out with our friends, a day to ourselves to retreat. Sometimes we celebrate things a little bit too much. And we do need to take a step back and look to how does this compare to how we worship God. But the fact remains, we need to be praising the Lord. But where do we praise the Lord? This psalm goes on in verse 1 to say, Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. So the where of praising God is simply everywhere and anywhere. But to dig into that a little bit deeper... I want to say because of Jesus, because of Jesus, God's sanctuary is within all believers and around all believers. And because of Jesus, all believers can worship him both personally, publicly, and corporately together. If you're a believer in Christ, Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you have a restored relationship with God, we can worship God Personally, within ourselves, within our own lives, within our daily quiet times, wherever we are. We can also worship God publicly around people. And we can worship God corporately with other people. And that's supported in all throughout scripture. But specifically I wrote down 1 Corinthians 3.16. Revelations 21.22. 2 Corinthians 6.16. But let's speak a little bit more. You see, it uses the word sanctuary and the word mighty heavens. It gives us two specific places to look to where we can worship God. And the word sanctuary speaks of us in our humanly realm in God's creation. As I said, that speaks to us worshiping God personally, publicly, corporately, together. Now, one time and place, this would have been dependent on people worshiping God in the temple... But now that we have Jesus in our life, we can worship God wherever we are. But then it goes into talking about in the mighty heavens. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Now this can be taken as two different ways, two different directions. Some people would say that this means the heavens, meaning the skies, the earthly skies, the space, the universe. Meaning God can be worshipped anywhere and everywhere. God will be worshipped anywhere and everywhere, on the earth, in the skies. Everything that God has created, which is everything, will worship God. But I think, and most commentators do too, that this also means in the heavenly realms, the angels are also worshipping God. And someday, we will be united together in that heavenly realm, all worshipping God together from there. God's glory fills the universe, and so his praises must also fill the universe now we move on to the why worship the lord why psalm 150 verse 2 praise him for his mighty deeds praise him according to his excellent greatness now i know again maybe you're saying pastor patrick it says right there why i should worship him why uh his mighty deeds and his excellent greatness great done can we go home and get some lunch no you see i think that sometimes we read over these things a little bit too fast And we don't allow it to soak in and really think, well, what is this? What does this mean? What are his mighty deeds? What what does it mean to praise him according to his excellent, excellent greatness? There's numerous reasons to praise God. I think the list would go on and on and on and on forever because his love is eternal and forever. And his deeds and his greatness go beyond our comprehension. But I did write down a few things. So first, let's address that number one, his mighty deeds. We praise him for his mighty deeds. I wrote down just a few. A few might be like 10 to 30. (laughs) We praise him for his creation. We praise him for creating you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. We praise God for the Messiah. We praise God for salvation. We praise God for the cross. We praise God for being a shepherd to you, Psalm 23. We praise God for guiding you. We praise God not just for salvation or for the possibility of salvation, but we also praise God for redemption, that we are redeemed, or you can be. We praise him for forgiveness of our sins, and we praise him for giving us a helper, the Spirit. We praise God for physical provisions like food, water, protection, a home. Physical provision and friends and family, and a church body, brothers and sisters in Christ, a roof over our head. We praise God for our good health, but we also praise God for knowing when we have bad health, we're still never alone. And we still have God looking after us and helping to give us strength and comfort. We praise God for his spiritual provisions as well. We praise God for his mental provisions and his knowledge and wisdom that we give that he gives us. I mean, just think about it. Praise God for the wisdom that we have by having the spirit inside of us that gives us the knowledge and the wisdom to read his word at all. There's a lot of people on this planet who you look to and you think, why don't they just understand? It's because they don't have what you have. And sometimes God's calling you to, to share what you have with those people. Sometimes God's calling you just to plant a seed. Sometimes God's calling you to grow that seed into a plant, into a tree, into a flowering bush, into a vine with fruit. And sometimes those people just are not going to understand because God has not deemed them to understand. And that's hard to understand because we're not God. But number two, let's move on. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Not only are we to praise him for what he does, and that's what that first one is. We praise him for his mighty deeds. We're praising him him for what he does. But number two is we're talking about praising him for his excellent greatness. We're talking about praising him for who he is. Praise God for who he is. God is the creator. God is sovereign. He is all-wise, all-knowing, a fancy word we use, omniscient. He is all-powerful. A fancy word we use for that is omnipotent. He is everywhere, omnip- omnipresent. He is awesome in power. He is beyond our comprehension. We praise him for who he is, for his godly attributes. He is perfect. He is limitless. He is immortal. He is forever and eternal. And I just had to add on there, God is merciful. God is merciful. God is forgiving. He is King of kings, Lord of lords, and worthy of all our praise and somebody that we should look to to try and mimic with our lives. Now, we're never going to fully be able to mimic God because we are not God and we're living in a sinful human state on this earth, this fallen creation right now. But we still should be looking to be more like him every single day. And I was Reminded this week about forgiveness, because that's one of the hardest things for us, isn't it? Forgiveness. Jesus sat down and had dinner and and rela- and put up his legs in a way and relaxed and took the last supper with the very man who was going to betray him. He knew, and yet we struggle with forgiveness, and we're called to look to Jesus, look to God, and how they forgive, sacrificially, humbly forgive, love one another, care for one another. But let's move on. Next we have the how of worshiping God. The how of worshiping God. And it's it's easy to get stuck on these. Verse 3. Praise him with the trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. And the one I really like is that last one. Really the first and the last. Praise him with trumpet sound. And last, praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Notice the first being praise him with trumpet. I think it's, it's really good that that's used first because the trumpet is loud. The trumpet is triumphant. The trumpet is celebratory. And that's why over, over the years, over time, kings have used trumpets to renounce their entrance into the kingdom. Trumpets have been used because it's celebratory, a triumphant And it's loud and it gets your attention. But then in the end, we have that praise him with sounding cymbals. But not just sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud, clashing cymbals that bring attention to him and that nobody can ignore. Now, I do want to notice all those instruments in the middle, though. The lute, the harp, the tambourine, the strings, the pipe. Mixed with the cymbals, the trumpet. It seems like they're listing all the instrument types. I wrote down, we have brass, we have strings, we have wind, we, per, we have percussion. I think this is supposed to relate to us. We are supposed to not just use everything and anything we have to worship God, anywhere and everywhere that we can, but no matter what type of person you are, no matter what society you come from, culture you come from, what, what order of life you come from, background you come from, we worship God. According to verses 3 to 5, we should be praising God with music, with sound, with dance, with our voices. But if we look at these verses more widely, I believe it's speaking to use just whatever we have to worship God. Use your talents to worship God. But maybe you don't have these. That's okay. It's okay. We can still worship God with our life. This is not an exhaustive list. It's not everything and anything. But it it shouldn't be treated as such Because there's many different ways to praise God. But remember, this is a psalm. This is a corporate psalm and a song. And they're talking about singing. Well, they're talking about playing instruments to his glory. Praise him with whatever you've got. And make sure it is in a God-honoring and glorifying way. How are you living? How are you worshiping God? When you get up in the morning and you worship God in your quiet time, reading his word, praying to him and talking with Him, when you worship the Lord in the way you work, in the way that you have friendships, in the way that you live according to His ways, are you doing it with regret? Are you doing it with sadness? Are you doing it with, oh, I wish I didn't have to be up doing this. I wish I didn't have to do any of this. I don't like my life. I hate my life. are you doing it with joy joy in your heart and giving it back to God and saying, God, I am just so excited and filled with joy right now. Because I have this great blessing of getting up and worshiping you. Are you worshiping God with tidings of joy? Are you shouting to the Lord? The final verse. And again I say praise Him in a way which is like loud clashing cymbals. That everyone can hear and be drawn to. That they might see what you are worshiping. The final verse gives us some instruction. On who? Who should be worshiping God? We know who we need to worship. Praise the Lord. Now, who should be worshiping? Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, again, notice how many times it says praise the Lord. They didn't just say it once at the beginning, once at the end. It's throughout the the scripture. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. God commands that everything that is breathing to worship him. And I think that God even goes beyond that breathing because in other parts of Scripture we see that even the rocks will cry out to God. We see in other parts of Scripture that the heavens will declare the glory of God. We see that the waters will worship God, the mountains worship God, the birds, the bees, the trees. I, I believe all of God's creation worship, worships Him. One commentator also said this, The fact that God can command us to praise Him... ...means that praise is not just a feeling based upon your mood or circumstances. Praise is a matter of obedience to our great God. It stems from deliberately focusing on Him. It is the result of being willfully God-centered in your thinking. If you are breathing, praising God is not an option. It is a responsibility. <clears throat> Let me repeat that. If you are breathing, praising God is not an option... It is a responsibility. But many people are not praising God. Now I'd like to say that that's simply because they don't know God yet. They don't have this restored relationship with God. They don't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of their life. And that's true. Many of them are that way. But many of us who should be praising God because we have breath, because we're breathing His air, we're not rejoicing like we should. We're not praising God with the trumpet. We're not praising God with loud clashing cymbals for all to hear and we should be. We should be. Today you and I are living in a created universe in which everything that has breath, everything that was created, everything is praising God. Everything praises God by living and doing what they were created to do. We were created to glorify God and to praise God. But we're not accomplishing our godly purpose. Or not like we could, at least. We could do better. The birds, the trees, the bees, the sun, the moon, the stars, they are all rejoicing and worshiping God. Romans 12:1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Romans 12.1, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Is your life holy and pleasing to God? Are you sacrificing some of your wants, some of the world's wants, some of society's wants for God's wants? Because God's wants are the things that truly matter and the things which are really going to please your life the most anyways. You see, we have this bondage box, and people say that if we're living in this box, we're we're not enjoying all the freedoms of the world, all the enjoyments of the world. But really, that bondage box is actually a freedom box, because anytime we go outside of that box into the things of the world, says you can't be happy without getting drunk on the weekends, you can't be happy without all these other things before marriage, you can't be happy without all these worldly things. Really, that takes you more and more and more away from God and his righteous ways of living. That's not freedom, that's bondage. Psalm 148, 1 through 5, says that even the inanimate parts of his creation are to praise him. As we read again, Psalm 148, 1 through 5, praise ye the Lord, praise ye the Lord from the heavens, praise him in the heights, praise ye him. All his angels, praise ye him, all his hosts. Praise ye him, sin and moon. Praise him, all the stars of light. Praise him, the heavens of heavens and the waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. Even when we don't know, excuse me, even when we don't know why to praise God, we can praise God because we are created, wonderfully, fearfully made. In other words, God's glory and greatness are evidenced by all that he has made and that brings praise to him. The application point, we've got to start moving on here, is this. When we are reminded of the reasons that God gives us to rejoice, we should do so. Rejoice. Rejoice. Worship the Lord. Rejoice. And if you're struggling to find the reasons, if you're struggling, you're not being reminded of the reasons that God gives us to rejoice, look around at the created world all around you. Look around at how God holds everything together. Look around that even when cities get destroyed by hurricanes, by tornadoes, that it can all be rebuilt. Look around and see how no matter what terrible Things somebody has done against you forgiveness is still always possible look at your own forgiveness your own redemption that you have that's what we're praising God for we're praising God for redemption and we're praising God for creation <clears throat> you have a voice Psalm 33 verse 1 says to shout for joy in the Lord O you righteous praise befits the upright shout for joy maybe you don't have an instrument maybe you can't play the trumpet i know we can all make a loud clashing noise with cymbals, but you do have a voice so i say use your voice speak of his greatness you have life speak of your redemption give your life to him and adore him prostrate yourself before him i wanted to look up that word to make sure i was using it appropriately because that can sound bad but prostrate yourself before him what i'm meaning is lay your life down before Him and truly surrender to Him. Sometimes we need reminded to wake up in the morning and fall before Him as you start your day. Recognize that He is in control anyways, and you need His help. Now, as I say prostrate yourself, though, before Him, fall before Him, also recognize that that's not just a physical um, instruction. That can be mentally, that can be physical, that can be spiritually falling before him. We're not saved based off our our works. We're not saved because throughout the day at different times we're falling before him, prostrating ourselves on a rug and bowing down. No. But I do think that sometimes it would be healthy for us to do that. To be reminded that we're not as great as we think we are. I'm sorry if that sounds bad, but it's true. God is the one that's great. None are righteous, no, not one. Only God is righteous, and we need to look to him. We need to kneel for the cross, fall before God in worship. Lay down and be overtaken by his sovereign grace and his attributes. Even in bad times, the sad times, the frustrating times, fall to your knees and worship God. However However tough things get, whatever losses you incur, whatever mindset you're in, Look to the joy you have in the Lord being within your life and worship Him. And then other things will start to pull together as you realize you're not alone. This week, many will celebrate Independence Day by watching fireworks. And with great anticipation, looking forward to the grand finale at the end. We have a grand finale to look forward to too. With great anticipation, we can look forward to the grand finale of when Jesus will call us all up and we'll be in His presence... For all of eternity, worshiping him in a perfect place with new bodies, new voices, and lifting our voices high to him in a unified voice that will glorify him and glorify his creation. We look forward to that day. We look forward to that grand finale. But some final take-home points for you are these. Worship is adoration. Are you still struggling to figure out what is worship? Worship is adoration. Adoration adoring him worship is an expression of the relationship that you have with him and because of him worship is an expression of appreciation for what he gives worship is an expression of awe, and worship is being blown away by god <clears throat> there's many ways to worship him and rejoice and it's not all just based off music we do corporately come together and worship god in song and with music And I hope it's wonderful, good-sounding songs to him. But God's just glorified and pleased when we worship him, even if we don't think we sound good. There's a song I love. I can't remember what what the band's name was. It's from about 20 years ago. And the lyrics just simply said, I may not have the perfect voice, but I will rise and sing to you. Jesus said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind. And the second is like it to love your neighbor as yourself. That's another way to worship God. We worship God not just when we love God, but when we sacrificially and humbly love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And when we go and serve those people in the name of God, to glorify God, to help his people. We worship God when we attend a Bible study during the week. We worship God when we study his word at home. We worship God when we pray to him. We worship God when we serve by helping with youth or a children's program or a vacation Bible school. We worship God when we share his word in the gospel, the good news with believers. We worship God when we disciple others. We worship God when we are fasting. We worship God even when we are working. There's many ways to worship God, and I can't name them all. But we should be making sure that we are having God-honoring celebration, that our worship is God-honoring. May our voices be lifted loud like clashing cymbals, like a trumpet, may we be praising the Lord. One thing we know for sure, though, one way to give your worship to Him is as Romans 12:1 said, <clears throat> Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. In closing, I just have one more little illustration, little story. I read a story of a boy that wrote a love letter to the love of his life. I'm guessing it was a young boy. But he wrote this love letter. said he would climb the highest mountain, he would cross the the widest oceans, he would swim against the rivers all to be able to see his love. He couldn't wait to see her. And if it doesn't rain tomorrow, I'll cross the street and see you. <laughs> you see, I think sometimes our actions do not match our words that we're saying. We say that we love God, we say that we want to worship him in all we do, but then we look at our actions, and it's kind of like that boy. We're a lot of talk. But do our actions really match our words? God-honoring celebration is not about us. It's all about Him. And we need to look to Him. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Psalm 33 also calls believers to joyfully worship. And we're told to make a joyful noise. So I'm going to pray in closing. And Brian and the worship band is going to come. With one final song. And let's go ahead and stand now as I pray. And let's close with making a joyful sound to the Lord. And I don't care what your voice sounds like. Let's all lift up our voices and praise him together. Please bow your heads. Lord, we thank you for this great reminder in Psalm 150 that we are to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We praise ourselves so much, Lord. We praise These are families, our friends. We praise our sports. We have so many other gods or idols in our life. But may these things start diminishing as we realize we need to praise you more than anything else in our life. For all eternity, we should be praising you, Lord. And I pray, I pray that the more we praise you, the less important those other things will be in our life. We won't turn back to them or not like we did before. Lord, may we praise you with the trumpet. May we praise you with the loud clashing cymbals for all to hear and draw near to see what we have. May we praise you for your mighty deeds. And Lord, may we praise you for your greatness. Thank you, Lord, for our redemption, our salvation. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. And it's in your wonderful and holy and powerful name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Let's lift our voices together now. Let's sing. Stand and lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord is our strength We bow down